0: Welcome to So This Is Love, the podcast. This is your space to elevate your understanding and experience of self, soul, and love to create your most dreamiest life. I'm Jillian Shields, your host and mentor for self love embodiment, dream relationship manifestation, pattern releasing, and soul nurturing. Let's live in love. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to So This Is Love, the podcast. I'm Jillian Shields, your host and mentor for the self-love, the relationship, the soul things, all of those things. And I'm so happy to be back today because I have a guest Another wonderful guest that I'm so excited to have on here. It's my brother, my brother Nathan. And we are here to talk about so many amazing things. Say hi, Nate.
1: Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Nathan. I go by NT War Machine on Instagram. I'm an artist, a student, a lover of life, and so many other things.
0: <laughs> I love that. So good. Thanks, Nate. So we are here today to talk about, I think, a really, really important conversation that so many people can relate to, family-related conditioning, generational conditioning, which essentially is different types of learnings, beliefs, Um, ways of seeing life, ways of doing life, ways of seeing ourselves—everything everything that is created by the family dynamic, the family circle, right? Um, Which of course is really uh, shaped by very prominent figures in our family, such as other siblings, parents, other extended family, everything like that. Nathan and I have a really special relationship. Um, We have other siblings as well that we love, of course, but Nathan and I are super close. I'm 12 years older than you, right? Yeah, 12 Mm -hmm. years older than you. I forget even how how old I am. Um, And we've been like super close since he was really small and we still have an amazing friendship, an amazing um, bond and siblinghood. And we wanna talk today and have a conversation about some of the conditioning that we realized we had over the years, particularly stepping into adulthood. And I know, Nate, like, you're still working through some of this because you're, like, in your early 20s. So um, you're kind of still in this discovery phase, I think. And, I, and to some extent, I am too. But then talking about what that was, like, what kind of conditioning we had from our family, um, and then how we started to transcend this how we started to break this conditioning and these patterns to better serve like our own personal goals our own desires our own authenticity our own you know soul and what our soul calls us to do in this life and what feels good so the first thing I want to say before we get into this conversation is you know, and I think Nate, you agree with me on this is like, we really see our story as a personal awakening as a personal evolution. This isn't particularly about our family or anything like that. Of course, it involves, you know, some of the beliefs and things that are really strong in our family, but really seeing this as our story of expansion, a story of hope, a story of change, through a lot of the discomfort we felt moving through this conditioning obviously first recognizing it and then you know still seeing it still in our family like some of this has not been dropped you know by by everyone in the family and having to be around that you know and still choosing ourselves in the face of that and also really seeing this as you know we talk about growth purpose relationships and I, I believe that our relationships with our family also are growth purpose relationships. Growth purpose relationships, meaning, you know, it's a relationship that can to, you know, the human mind, the human self come across as a challenge, as an imbalance, as something that is a disadvantage. But that really is super intentional and purposeful for our soul to come here and involve and know um, and become to know who we are. So, Nate, I think you agree with that too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's how we see all of this. That's how we've learned to see all of it. And it's really served us quite well. So first question, (laughs) when do you feel like, Nate, that you kind of realized that you're carrying some different types of beliefs, fears, you know, conditioning um, that was rooted in our family And when did you start to notice that that's what was happening with you? Like, when did you notice and when did you decide to do something about it?
1: So for me, it was probably around late high school, early university. So I really just like to watch people. I know it sounds a little weird, but um, (laughs) basically for me, like I like to listen to what people have to say. I like to watch people as well as I just like to talk to them about certain things. And I noticed that specifically with stuff like schoolwork and even just like other things like the way I would talk about it was a lot more different from my peers so like I would talk about schoolwork as if it were like the most like terrifying thing basically mm. and the way my peers would talk about it they would just make it sound like oh like yeah like it's pretty tough but like whatever like we're powering through whereas like for me I was like oh my god like this is like the worst thing ever like am I gonna do well like like I, I have to keep like working harder and harder and harder mm. but like everyone else that I would talk to about that like they they were just like a lot more relaxed even though they were still taking it seriously and like they were getting the grades like just as I was then it's just the way we were looking at it was just it was completely different and I was thinking I was like it was serving me a little bit because it was like reinforcing the idea that school is important it also wasn't it wasn't like serving a proper purpose in the fact that like it wasn't making me feel good, like at all. Like I felt horrible about school all the time.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the times when we start to notice that, you know, maybe we're carrying some, some things in our mindset and our state of being that is feels, you know, quote unquote normal to us, like the way it should be, but isn't actually serving our, our life experience in a positive way. You know what I mean? So for me, the first thing that I started to notice is I just was kind of doing the things in my life that I thought I should do, you know, going through different uh, different educational routes and all this kind of stuff, my relationships, my love life, and everything. and it but it didn't feel good. None of it felt good. I didn't feel free. I felt very um, confined. I felt a lot of pressure. I felt like there's a lot of obligation. So even though I felt like I was, quote unquote, doing the right thing, it just it actually didn't feel good to me. So that's when I started to notice that there's something conflicting going with like what's going on with my beliefs and what I think my life should be, how I think I should be because it's not actually making me happy. In fact, it's making me more fearful, more unfulfilled. (laughs) It's doing the opposite of what I actually want to do. So I started examining that kind of stuff, like what actually was going on in my belief systems and what was going on in my emotional, you know, state of being when it came to specific things. And I want us to talk about kind of three, I kind of thought of three main areas that you and I think that I think you and I had a lot of conditioning in, one being a career or abundance generation, uh, self and worth, and then the last one being like relationships and love everything. So I want us to go through each of those. The first one being career, and I know this is like really big for a lot of people. I know for me, I noticed that a lot of the ideas and beliefs vary like being super strongly held in our family system was that only certain careers are successful. And if we don't have a successful career, if we aren't highly successful in education, like, I mean, high, <laughs> then we're not good enough. Then we haven't been successful. We aren't successful, right? So there is a lot of that floating around. We can go into this too, but behind, why did that, why do those beliefs even exist in our family system? Well, obviously that's because the people in our family system who are our models were also conditioned (laughs) with that belief. So it's just like, you know, it's a, it's a pass on kind of thing, obviously. The other one being that I noticed there was like this dichotomy on separate sides of the scale when it came to working. So it was like, it's either... You have to work hard and struggle like there's no other way for you to actually be prosperous and successful. It must come with super hard work, struggle, you know, that kind of thing. Or on the other scale, there's people in our family systems that were showing like not taking any personal responsibility for abundance creation. So it's like we either do nothing, you know, or we have to do everything almost. And it has to be this difficult, struggly journey so that's what I noticed what did you notice Nate do you agree with that or other things
1: I I agree with that 100% like I do feel I do feel like um when you were saying how like certain careers mattered I actually remember in high school I feel really bad about this really now um now but I remember some of my friends would be telling me what they would want to do and because it wasn't in like a certain field I'd be like oh like like, I think to myself, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to get anywhere with that. Mm. And like, it really, to me, the, like, looking back on it now, it really goes to show to me, like, how strongly that was reinforced. Like, I remember, like, even, even though I had, like, a lot of other talents when I was in high school, I never even really, like, considered, like, possibly doing anything with them. It was always just like, okay, like, it's going to be something in the sciences, which, like, at that time, I think I, I don't think I even took any sciences since like the 10th grade. So I had to catch up on them.
0: That's, and that just goes to show like how it's so easy for people to put their own, you know, what's already conceived in their core belief systems on other people. And this really speaks to the fact that, you know, we always hear this thing where if someone judges you or something, it's easy for us to be like, oh, it's something's wrong with me, you know, like something's wrong with me or I'm I'm not good enough, but really realizing that when you, you are judged, whether it's, you know, outwardly or otherwise, it's like, it really is about that person filtering, you know, their own fears, their own core belief systems on the outward, right?
1: The funny thing is, is that those people who I saw were going into different fields compared to me, like, I see examples now, because I'm at the age where pretty much everyone has graduated, pretty much everyone is in the working world. I see those people who, they're in other countries they're making tons of money mm-hmm. and like they're I don't want to say they're getting by in life because you never really know mm-hmm. but the thing is is like they're making things work for themselves mm-hmm. so to me it really it like it just further reinforces to me now that you can pretty much do whatever it is that you want to do
0: yeah, working with what you have and really following what feels like flowy to you versus trying to like box yourself into some, some other way that it doesn't feel aligned. It feels pressure. I love that you said too earlier, where you said you, you recognize you had other talents, But didn't feel like they were good enough, didn't feel like they could be, you know, worth it for you, didn't feel like it was good enough in that sense. Um, because you literally had so much conditioning to box yourself into just a certain way, right? (laughs) So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would identify with that as well. Okay, so. The second kind of area that I know for sure um, that both of us can relate to is just the overall area of self and worth. This was really big for us and I think has been a huge part of both of our evolution and our work that that we do, obviously for me, because I'm like a coach in that area, but um, something that we've worked on a lot. I know you continue to work on a lot and I have to definitely do maintenance on this as well. But some of the things that were really prominent in our family system when it came to self and worth was that the worth and the value is tied to physical appearance, the externalness of who we are versus what's in the inside. And of course, you know, we were validated what's on the inside as well, but there was more of an emphasis on the external. And we saw a lot of people in our family like struggling with accepting their appearance and accepting, you know, constant judgment of that, which then obviously with our little minds. Just, you know, we absorbed all of that and said like, oh, okay, what I need to be concerned about more than the inside is the outside. And then that, that obviously led us to um, having trouble accepting, accepting ourselves, accepting that our appearance is good enough, which led us to, you know, moving more and focusing on to like our body love and things like that.
1: Absolutely. 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 Yeah, like. I remember for me, like, um, like I was a pretty, like, I was a pretty, like, bigger dude when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. I would constantly get reminded that by certain family members, like certain people that would just be around. And I remember, it would be even, it would be more of a thing that other people would notice than something that I would be thinking about. But then eventually, as I continued to hear, like, oh, like, you don't look like this certain way, it mm-hmm. did, like, it started to get it really started to get to me yeah like it ended up like really impacting me as i was growing up but the other thing is with me is that i'm i don't know 100% if that was related but there was something there was a message that i would always get when i was a kid and it was always that like you just like you don't matter basically mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was something that i mean i don't know if it was something that you felt but i felt like a lot of the things that i would be told like i would often be like put down by certain people. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was something that would happen a lot.
0: But that, that probably ties into um, how you felt about your value and your worth, you know, that you don't matter or what you want doesn't matter, that kind of stuff. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess like basically what it was that I started to think as I was growing up was sort of like, unless if you look a certain way, unless if you work at like in a certain career, unless Mm -hmm. if you, do like, unless you have certain personality traits, like the Mm. way you are just like, doesn't matter Mm -hmm. in the world.
0: And that was like, you know, painful, you know, like it's painful to have to go through that. And it's very uncomfortable. But I know you and I have like, really, yeah, we work through that. And we also see it as, okay, well, those are just those are our growth points meant for us. Otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Rather than pushing against that continually and making it be, you know, some problem for us, accepting that, okay, yes, that was the conditioning in the family system. But all that gets to mean is like, okay, well, I'm obviously, I'm meant to evolve from that. (laughs) Otherwise it wouldn't have been a life experience for me. You know, like I always see it as like a much higher kind of purpose. And I think you do too, don't you Nate?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing I know was in the family system was this idea of it's better, like it's normal and better to self-sacrifice, you know, self-sacrifice your own desires, self-sacrifice your own needs, no boundaries at all. Lots of people pleasing, that kind of stuff where it's just like, it's okay to not feel fulfilled. It's normal to not feel, feel fulfilled. It's normal to not give to yourself. You know, it's normal to do this stuff. Like I, that was particular for me, which then of course led us going into adults, not even knowing how to self-love, how to self-care, how to prioritize our well being. And it was like, if we try to do any of that, there's like guilt, there's so much guilt that comes up and it feels like it's not important. Did you feel like that as well? Or?
1: Yeah, for sure. It often for me, like, like a lot of like that sort of a lot of activities that were very self love related. I often, I feel like the way I was taught to view those things were very like, okay, like if you do that, you're like a greedy individual, like you Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to do that. Like you should be giving time to the family or something Mm -hmm. like that or like you Mm -hmm. should be you basically like you just have to be like that like self-sacrificing person 24 7 regardless of how it made you feel
0: yeah and I know um I know that this part is big to us big for us too is like not really having any respect for our boundaries, where it's like, oh, and this this was even from like a super young age. It's like personal space is not really respected. Like, you know, um wanting to have boundaries and stuff. It's like that's just not even like it doesn't even register, you know, when it yeah. comes to like so many lots of people in our family systems just don't even understand boundaries. They don't. They think it's They don't like it when you set a boundary. They take Mm -hmm. it super personal. They, they make it about them. They often have a really hard time. Even now people still have hard time respecting our boundaries. Mm. (laughs) Like they still do. And this is like, but you know, like we don't back down on them just because people have like an issue with them. It's like, okay, fine. Like, and a lot of the work that you and I've had to do is um, releasing a lot of that guilt, releasing a lot of that, like, you know, I'm causing people to be uncomfortable. I'm causing, you know, like all of that to me is complete bullshit. And it's really important that we honor our own boundaries, stick to them because ultimately I know for me, it, it's that is what has definitely led towards me having more personal fulfillment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I wanted to add to that is that I found often by having boundaries, just because at least for me, like sometimes what it'll be is like, it may be a certain family member showing up to my door or something like that. (laughs) I often found by having, by having good boundaries, it would often do the other person favors as well. Yeah. So like basically when it comes to like a certain family member showing up my door, like they wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to come like all this way mm-hmm. just to find that maybe I'm not there. Maybe mm-hmm. I like, maybe I'm asleep. Like maybe I don't want to do something that day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I talk about this actually extensively in my self-love course, Love, there's like a whole, there's a whole lesson on boundaries and really seeing them from such a higher, you know, like mutual service-based place. That course goes so much in depth there, but The other thing that I think is really important with boundaries is that we can set a boundary. It can still be of mutual high service, even if the other person doesn't see that now, yet, or ever. Because a lot of people will say this is like, okay, yeah, it's it's high service, but like, what if the other person doesn't agree with that? Or the other person Mm -hmm. doesn't understand that it's actually serving them. It's like, they don't have to understand, you know, like just by you placing it, it gets to create an opportunity for them. And that's totally and completely good enough. That's all we're ever in control with, right?
1: Exactly.
0: And our job isn't to take away other people's decision and free will. Our job is to create the opportunities that can be of mutual service and to honor our own self, right? So, So the last area that I think was really big for us in the family systems with conditioning, limited beliefs, fears, is you know, like relationships, love and relationships. It's so interesting because we're siblings, but I feel like where we went with this ultimately when it came to love and relationships is actually quite different how I went versus how you see it now, and something that that you that I know you work through. And for me, the modeling was really about like struggle, struggles required a relationship is just supposed to be dramatic. It's supposed to be chaotic. It's okay to stay in a relationship that is super chaotic, dramatic, disrespectful, all that kind of stuff. Also preface this, but like um, our parents, obviously they're not together anymore, but they were for a really long time. And it was a constant modeling of just it's okay. Like it's normal to have this relationship where's this where it's just this constant drama where there's a complete insecure love. There's not a secure love. And that, you know, peace and health in a relationship isn't real. That's kind of like, what I had where it's not real. So it's like, I just, as I got into adulthood, I just accepted this like super low standard in my love life, because to me, that was just the way it was other relationships or a healthy relationship didn't even feel real to me. I felt like it was a bunch of bullshit like some fucking fairy tale or something (laughs) Mm -hmm. and another big thing that was the conditioning in our family system was this it's not okay to be alone it's like if you're alone you're at a huge disadvantage you have to have a partner, you know, it's better to have a partner that's, and it's shit than to just be alone. You know, it's like, there's a problem if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And we saw both of our parents struggling with that idea of actually being alone, of being okay, (laughs) you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it's interesting because for me, that manifested into me having codependent relationships and me having a massive fear of being alone as in like it's not okay I have to be with someone even if it's a shit relationship I have to stick it out I have to do this you know which ultimately led to my like a crash literally an emotional and mental crash I had where I had gone through several toxic emotionally abusive relationships until I literally just couldn't do it anymore and I had enough and then I started looking at this being like why do I have this pattern? Like the pattern just has played out for like a fucking decade. Like I don't get it. And then realizing like, oh, okay. My representation of this is very tainted. My sense of self-worth is tied to these things, right? It doesn't exist when it's just me. So that was really big, but I feel like it's been different for me, for you, right? Where you, you tell us what you think it is.
1: I mean, there's a couple of things that I can say because I feel like for me, like I never really, I did definitely, I didn't have a very, I never had a definition of what like a healthy relationship was until it was, I think my late teens. And you were actually the one who started showing me like what a healthy relationship was, but what really ended up happening for me was that the relationships that I saw was basically like, okay, you're either serving the other person, which actually that reminds you of the term. I don't know if you've ever heard of a simping, basically. No. So simping, basically, it's like, you'll have like, you'll have someone who like donate money and stuff like that to like another person basically to get like no love or anything like that mm-hmm. in like reciprocation. Mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily what I saw as a mm-hmm. kid, but it just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I was going to say or, the other dynamic was sort of like, oh, like, we're in, like, a hostage situation, basically. Like, (laughs) I'm in a relationship where, like, I don't feel loved or anything like that, but I just have to do what this person tells me to, otherwise, like, chaos is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. But for me, what ended up happening was that I didn't like either of those dynamics, like, at all. I was just like, okay, like, like, if that's what, like, a relationship is, like, I don't want a relationship.
0: Like, I'm out, yeah.
1: So what ended up happening, and even now to this day, although not for those reasons, is that, at, like, growing up, like, I just didn't want a relationship, like, mm-hmm. at all. Like, I would get, like, crushes and stuff like that, and I would I would sort of just, like, wait for them to go away. Sometimes I would, like, act on them a little bit, but, like, I pretty much would just wait for them to go away, basically. Mm-hmm. But as I started to get, like, an understanding as to what a healthy relationship is, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, like, it's like, thank God. It's like, not what I was shown as a kid. But the thing that ended up happening to me was I was thinking like, okay, like I don't want to be in a relationship, not necessarily for the reasons that it was when I was a kid, but because I want to personally work on myself rather than just get into some relationship where I'm going to have to commit to like loving the other person and basically meanwhile it's like I don't fully know how to love who I am Mm -hmm. so I was thinking, I'm like okay that just didn't really sound that didn't really sound right to me so basically for me what really ended up coming down to was like okay like I need to work on myself before I end up like getting with anybody
0: yeah that's so oh my gosh that's so powerful and that's exactly what I was leading into where it's just like it was just so opposite for us even though we grew up in the same family system. It's like how it manifested was different for each of us. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, for me, it was like a latching and accepting of all this stuff for you. It was like a complete avoidance, avoidance altogether. It's like, I want nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's really interesting and in how you know, people in the same family can have different manifestations of their conditioning based on, you know, a number of factors. But yeah, and I really love that you said, I know that in order for me to have a healthy relationship with another person, I have to have a healthy relationship with myself. And that's so big. And I think a lot of people get it the other way. It's like, if I want to love myself, then I have to be with somebody else in order to learn how to love myself or feel yeah. loved. Yeah. Right? right.
1: Yeah. Like I'll, I'll often see people who, like, I'll see this in like media and stuff like that. And a lot of like films will be like, Oh, like I'm in a relationship and oh, like, he's going to save me. No, one's coming to save you really. Like you yeah. have to make things work for yourself. If, that's what you're expecting in a relationship. Like you're just going, you're, you yourself are going to be disappointed. And two, you're going to end up dragging the other person down. Like I see people who are in relationships that like, they just like, they just don't work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, like something has to be done. Mm-hmm. Something internally has to be done for both, of you, not necessarily just for one person, but for both of you.
0: Yeah. That's so, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so powerful. And now I want us to go to like, okay, <laughs> how do we actually break this stuff? How do we release these patterns and this conditioning that we recognize that doesn't actually serve our authentic self and doesn't actually serve the highest fulfilled life that we desire for ourselves, right? Um, and there's so many things. And obviously, that's a lot of you know, my work as a coach and mentor, but I want to name some of the things that. I think are like the most important for doing this. And first, let me ask you, like, what do you think is the most important thing that you've done to start releasing these family system conditioning, limited beliefs, fears, all that kind of stuff?
1: So maybe for me, I what I really think has been helpful is just not actively repeating them. So mm. basically what I mean by that is, like, when it came to a little bit of, like, career stuff, like, I don't necessarily am just doing the field that I wanted to do, like, I am open to doing other things, like, Mm -hmm. that's pretty much, like, what my Instagram is about, like, I, like, I draw and stuff, like, that. I like to collect action figures, yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. not getting paid for it yet, but I mean, if (laughs) someone did want to hire me, like, I would be open to it, like, that is something that is very open to me, and that's all because, I specifically made a decision where it was like, okay, like, like, I want to explore these other avenues. Like, I don't really care about what I was being told as a, as a, well, of course, I, I do still partially care about those things. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to care about those things anymore. And so I want to actively go against them with my behaviors. And yeah. I mean, with that, like, a lot of the mental stuff did tar- start to follow afterwards. And I already was in a place where like I was very aware of those, of that programming that was put on me as a kid. So I was sort of just like, okay, like actively sort of having like internal like disagreements with that. And by sort of following that sort of avenue, I really was just like, okay, like this is like my actual physical way of going against it really. Even just like on on like a daily basis, like I really want to actively go for those decisions.
0: Yeah, so that's really about just conscious decision making, you know, that that honor what you really want, what feels good to you, even if at the back of your mind at first it feels wrong or not good enough. It's like really making the choice to still go there, to still make that decision, even if it feels like wrong or uncomfortable or anything like that one of the things I was going to say here is like the awareness of the programming and the conditioning versus what's really your desire and your authenticity. So like really separating that and seeing like, okay, well, this programming and this conditioning does not reflect my desire and my authenticity, right? Like having that awareness can help you separate it anyways, you know, that's a first step to actually separating it. Right. Right. And then, as you said, too, is like deciding that you get to choose, you know, and create now as an adult, that you're not there anymore, you know, like, we're, we're not, we're not those kids anymore, like actively in that kind of family system, we're adults, we get to choose now, and we decide now what we want to believe for ourselves. The other thing about releasing and breaking these patterns is, you know, self-love and boundaries, even when other people don't get it and they don't feel the same way. That's been huge, (laughs) right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, even, um, I know you specifically have been dealing with a lot of that, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, recently, but not necessarily just recently. Mm -hmm. But even for me, like, I found really, I guess, solidifying them. Mm -hmm. has been one of those things where I actually want to add this to my previous point where like the more you practice these things like the more it starts to become just very like normal to you so Mm -hmm. like for me like years ago like having boundaries like that would have been like oh my gosh like how am I gonna do this but now I'm just like okay like you can you can wait like I need to do this for myself first and yeah. Like even though like me thinking that like a couple years ago that would have been like holy shit. Yeah. But now <laughs> I'm just like okay, like this is this is a Tuesday or this is a Wednesday. This is yeah. any day of the week. Like it's just it's just who it I am is. now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just who you are. Yeah, I love that. I'm so happy you brought that up because you're you're very right in the sense that like when you start putting boundaries that especially that are not you know quote unquote acceptable to people in your family and stuff there really is this like holding space where there's a space of time where you feel extremely uncomfortable doing it and other people are like going nuts you know they like they want to cross them they don't understand they come at you you know like that can happen and it has happened to both of us multiple times Creating This space and I think that's the time where people then start to drop right and they start to be like okay well I can't put any boundaries on like I can't handle that like they're unwilling to hold the discomfort for the the sake of their self love and their their personal fulfillment you can hold the discomfort. And it's really important you hold that in that holding space. Like I call it like yeah. a transformational holding space that seems like a problem, but is actually the space where a lot of transformation is happening.
1: Exactly. One thing that I wanted to add to that is like, people may have issues with feeling discomfort, having boundaries, but like the way that I often would see it is just like, okay, like I've been like I've been uncomfortable like my entire life, so I'm just thinking I'm like, this is a different like I've been uncomfortable like I've been comfortable with being uncomfortable my whole life, so I'm just thinking like, what's so bad about like this discomfort? Like if I'm feeling discomfortable about something that may actually work for me, like maybe this actually is the right thing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. The other thing too um, that I would say is, and you, you kind of touched on this earlier is like just doing your life in alignment with whatever is on your heart and soul and your desire and not going and requiring approval or seeking approval from people in the family that you know are not aligned with that. This is a big thing. Making those moves anyways and not expecting or requiring any type of understanding or approval from people in the family that just have has have proven to you that they just they don't agree with it they don't align with it they're having trouble understanding but these are really decisions that are on your heart and your soul like it's like you were saying some of these career things your interests whatever it is your decision to have a boundary making your like your decision good enough Mm -hmm. I know I do that a lot now there is no expectation or seeking of approval from anybody in the family system at all (laughs) and I I actually make I make my own decision fully and completely good enough and I think you've you do that as well a lot now
1: yeah for the most part I mean sometimes I do like to get advice I mean but that's not even necessarily from people with the conditioning that we were raised with. It might be me actually asking you, like, oh, like, what do you think about this? Like,
0: yeah, like you and I talk because you know, like, I'm gonna like support you and I'm gonna like, you know, encourage you and maybe coach you through some things and stuff. But I'm talking about when. We know there's people in the family system that just don't under, they don't understand your decisions when you're, even if you're making them from your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, we're not going to go to those people for advice. We're not going to go to them for approval, acceptance, anything like that. Like, obviously anyone listening, you can do whatever you want, but this is like how we do it. This is how I do it. And this is how I see it. It's like this, like I I always give this example in everything. Like I feel like I've said, said this a lot in my courses too, where, for example, if I want to build wealth, if I want to increase my wealth, I want to double my wealth, whatever it is, I would never go to somebody who's bankrupt, who has hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and doesn't know how to get out of it. Right? Exactly. Why, <laughs> why would I ever go to somebody who doesn't hold what I desire to hold, mm-hmm. right? So it's the same concept here. We don't go to people, family or otherwise, that don't know how to hold what we desire to hold. We don't go to them for advice, approval, or any of that.
1: In fact, what you should be doing is if you are ever going to them for advice or anything like that, do the exact opposite of yeah. what they suggest because yeah. that probably yeah. is the right way
0: exactly what's, what's right for you. The last thing too, is like making soul aligned decisions, even if they don't align with the family system. I don't see that as a contraction. I don't see it as like me trying to control what's going on in the family system, What's helped me to really release these patterns and to honor myself is really focusing on the fact that these moves are actually expansive. They're expansive to me, they're expansive to anybody else in the family that needs and desires evidence that they can expand. They don't have to go with, learn things if they don't feel good to them. It's almost like you're not forcing anyone to come along with you, but you're simply just, like you're making a walking path almost, right? And anyone else in the family or anybody really observing can go on that path because you've created, like, it's like you're creating footsteps in blank snow. You're making the steps in the snow for then if people choose to come in and step on those steps through the snow, that's always there. And it's not my job to try to pull someone on that path, anybody, whether it's like a friend, anyone in the family, it's just there. And to me, that's the best thing. That's the highest service thing. That's good enough because that still keeps other people in their power. Mm -hmm. Keeps me in my power, keeps other people in their power. And it doesn't try to take away their decision and whatever it is that their soul is working on to evolve, because I don't know, we don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not going to try to figure that out for them. Me just going, going anyways is good enough,
1: exactly, well yeah. said,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I think that's all we really want to touch on, and I think it was such a good combo. Do you have anything to add or anything to say?
1: Um follow me on Instagram. No, just kidding <laughs> um no, I mean, I feel like we've said everything that we've needed to say,
0: Yeah, we have. Well, thanks so much for coming on here, Nate. It was really fun. And thank you thanks for having for, me. No problem. Thanks for sharing your perspectives and, um, yeah, just being open because I'm sure it helps everyone who's listening. So thank you.
1: No problem. See you next weekend, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll see you next weekend. We're going to hang out. Right. Yeah. Okay, everyone, thank you for joining in and listening on this episode. I hope you have an awesome day and I will see you next time on the podcast.